0: Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community.
1: We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different.
0: In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps. While trying to find the humor in it all,
1: check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com.
0: On today's episode, we're going to talk about bridging the gap, a guide to cultural engagement. So oftentimes in work and social life, You run into different people from different walks of life, different backgrounds. And there's always questions about how do I engage this person? How do I talk to this person? If it's work, if it's social life. And sometimes you hear that more from certain demographics than from others. So hopefully we can talk about different things that come up that are issues and solutions to some of those things. Try to solution. How do you, how do you bridge that gap at work and social life? So, one of the things that I, that's near and dear to my heart, Samira, is there's different ways in which people interact at work. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I found, one thing that I've been accused of, rather, is... I, don't I know, can't let's...
1: wait because I was literally, <laughs> as you're t- talking about the intro, I was thinking about the conversation we had earlier in the kitchen. <laughs> and I just wanted to see how this was going to go. <laughs>
0: I'm accused of so many things. Um, So one thing that I've been accused of is people say, Ali, I don't know a lot about you.
1: Oh.
0: Right? Um, And it's weird because my personality is one where I can hold a conversation with just about anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I can carry a conversation if need to or just ask enough questions to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So people just assume... You know this person is 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 outgoing and free flowing You know, full of information, yada yada. Mm-hmm. But moving on to to the issue at hand is really people carry themselves differently, and I find myself restrictive in what I say
1: mm-hmm.
0: based upon the audience. Sure. So, if someone says, "I don't know a lot about this person." Mm-hmm one thing that I would think about if I'm a person from another culture is what has that person been through to make them feel that way? And I've had people even point that out and say, you know, what, what have you gone through that makes it so that you can be untrusting or untrustworthy or, uh, of just your general environment and perception. We know in culture plays a huge part in how you're treated, right? So typically when I'm at work, mm-hmm. I try to leave all of the extracurriculars and all of the hobbies and all the, you know, extra information about, you know, what I did over the weekend and this, that, that. I kind of leave that mm-hmm. at bay because part of me feels like it could be used against me.
1: Have you experienced it being used against you?
0: I have experienced it being used yeah. against me for sure. So, and here's, and let's, let's get to the meat of it. So. From a historical perspective, people of color in general are going to be wary or cautious of other groups of people based on what could be used to undermine them. Right. Historically. So when my father, for example, Mm -hmm. worked for uh, the government government agency that he worked for, he definitely experienced treatment that was indicative of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's you know, he's a black man working. You know, pseudo government, you only go or in government, you only you can only go so far. You have the glass ceiling to deal with, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Right. But the information that you provide to people around you Mm -hmm. from a career advancement standpoint or just a I don't like this standpoint, I don't like this person's standpoint could could potentially be used against you. So when I've heard stories from him, I was kind of like, eh, you know what, that kind of makes sense. And when I got into my early corporate life, um, I could see those things transpire based, not only based on treatment, but just adoption of a specific work culture. Okay. Those things, those things started to, they started to make a difference in how people looked at you or what they assumed about you. So I feel like when it comes to this, being culturally aware, Of other groups of people, and that it may not be based on experience, it may not be in their best interest or what they feel is their best interest to volunteer a lot of information. And it doesn't mean that that person doesn't like you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they don't want to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're not drinking the company Kool Aid, right? (laughs)
1: Because who doesn't love the company?
0: Exactly, right. Of course. it doesn't it doesn't mean that, right? right? Being quiet or not sharing a ton of information doesn't mean that. People need to understand that there is a level of trust that needs to be built across cultures. Mm-hmm. I understand that it's 2019, but we can we can pull up any number of news stories, right? Mm-hmm. And understand that just because it's 2019 doesn't mean people treat you as though it's 2019. They might treat you as though it's nineteen sixty-five. And that goes for that goes for both minority groups and women right there's a women component as well sure right
1: <clears throat> so what i'm hearing is you know you brought up the aspect of sharing at work and mm-hmm. not bring not talking about your personal things because you is it because you don't necessarily trust people at work or does it matter who the person is, or is it, is it on a case by case scenario? Yeah, I or? think
0: it, it def, it definitely matters. I think we, we all develop relationships with people at work, right? Right. There are some people that you develop relationships with and they become really good friends, right? And people that you hang out with outside of work, right.
1: for example. Or like us.
0: Right, exactly. You right. just, you. Hate each other. Right. <laughs> And you work through your cultural differences and you develop a podcast and you have a great time together. Yeah. Right. Um, in
1: spite of that.
0: In spite of it all. Um, but there's, there's, there's tearing at work, right? Like e- even taking this component out of it, there are some people that you bond with at work and some people you don't. There's some Absolutely. bosses that you get close with and there's some people that you don't, right?
1: Okay.
0: What I'm talking about is those people that think that you are being anti. Because you don't want to answer all the questions that they have for your work. What exactly did you do this weekend? Well, what kind of? Oh, you, yeah, I see what you're, you're saying. Were, and they, they're they're inundating with inundating you with a lot of questions, and they're they're filling their coffers with information about you.
1: So, and, do you feel like if somebody comes and asks you, "What did you do this weekend, or how was your weekend?" Do you feel like they're fishing for information, or are they just trying to? Be polite or cordial or be your friend.
0: I have two answers for that. Okay. One is, in some cases, yes, based on the person. In other cases, it's just casual work pleasantries, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's what people do. And typically, I just say, oh, my weekend was fine. Sure. And I'll and, I, and I leave it at that. So, I'll give you... I'll,
1: Hold on. Go ahead. Do you feel like that has prevented you from uh, moving up or... Yes. Okay, then why do you continue to do that?
0: Because because of the potential consequence of going the other direction. So i'll I'll give you I'll give you an example. Okay. So at one of the companies I worked for, um, I knew a person there that was that had you know one of the you know people have these hobbies outside of work, right? Right. So one of their hobbies was hunting. Okay. Right. And so that person talked about hunting on a regular basis.
1: Oh gosh,
0: okay. Right. So regardless how you feel about it, like sure. that's that's what they did. But he was a white male. Okay. And the way that he talked about it was fun and inspiring and invigorating.
1: Hmm.
0: From from how he um, give me, don't don't misunderstand from how he presented it as though it's fun for him mm-hmm. and invigorating for him. Mm-hmm. And. Everyone around them just kind of were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's that's, you know, that's awesome. Great. You know, great thing for you to do. Great. Yeah, no problem. Then I witnessed another person there who was a minority. um, And they mentioned that one of their hobbies was they played in a band. But this but the band was not American music. Right. It was Latin music.
1: Oh, interesting. So it was like
0: banda, right? Like mariachi almost, Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: And I noticed that the people around him were kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. You play mariachi. And the questions about it weren't... The questions about it were very much kind of like, well, you're here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Why would you continue to do that? What instrument do you play? Why don't you kind of changed that into a different style or something else. Really? Like, there was no respect for it.
1: Like what what kind of questions were they asking specifically? Do you remember?
0: It was a long time ago. But it was it was it was kind of questions like, oh well I, I think I don't know if they play I don't know what I can't remember the instrument they play, but they were very much questions around like, well, is that something you grew up on? But as you got older What's the reason you still continue to do that?
1: Oh wow! Like now like that why you're, would here, you carry why on would you tradition? carry on this tradition?
0: Like now that you're here, why would you? <laughs> why would you still do that? Like so. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is there is judgment placed on it because it's not. It's not culturally a thing here, based on where you are, right? It might be,
1: it's kind of like the whole playing golf. Yes. Thing. You know, like if you don't play golf, like if you want to be an executive, they say learn how to play golf, learn how to play tennis. With these primarily Caucasian dominated sports. Right. Um, right. That's the, the feeling. Like that, yeah. So, how, let's talk about you, because you bring up a great point, and I, I think that everyone can relate to that feeling of going to work and you know, not feeling like you can be a hundred percent yourself because yeah. you know that your normal activities and your normal, uh, just whoever you are and whatever you are, isn't necessarily accepted. Just like when I go to work and it was a Persian holiday, it was Chaharshanbe Sudi, and I go the next day, someone says, "How was your night?" I'm like, "Great! I jumped over a fire." People think that's weird. <laughs> right. Right. right, right, like right. that's so weird. Why would you do that? Right, because it's awesome. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> But, um, so what we want to talk about though right now is also how, what do we do in those situations? Yeah. Like what, where, as let's take it from the perspective of the employee mm-hmm. and cause I'm a firm believer in, I own the world that I create, mm-hmm. right? Good so, yeah. so yes, is this, are these prejudices there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are these, you know, is it intentional? Sometimes. Is it uh, unconscious sometimes? No. Do I know when it's what? I don't know, but I can kind of guess. Yes, yes. through right, you know, right, life right. experience, yeah. you can kind of guess and sense when it's intentional and when it's just an unconscious thing. It's unintentional. It's ignorance. It's mm-hmm. what you know, whatever the situation is. And I think that as an individual, I. I, the only thing that I can control are my views. Correct. And the meaning and the significance that I add to those views. Yeah. And, you know, naturally I'm going to add something to it based off of my history and my, uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's my responsibility to to kind of set myself and be like, okay, how much of what was, of what just happened is fact-based? Mm-hmm. And how much it is the significance that I'm adding to it. True. Sure. Right? So, you know, the advice I would give someone who's in that situation is, you know, to to always try to take a second and do that quick assessment. I mean, it takes time to do, especially at first, but eventually it goes by a lot quicker to kind of see, okay, of what just happened, for example, and I'm not saying I'm going to play devil's advocate. Sure. For on your example with the hunter and the mariachi music, you know, when you said hunter, I cringed when you said mariachi music. I was like, Oh, Oh, that's cool. Party time. Yeah, party time. Let's dance. Let's get down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, that's partially because I don't understand hunting. You Mm -hmm. said, you said words like inspiring. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how killing anything is inspiring. inspiring. Um, I don't understand it. Uh, and in all fairness, I've never tried to understand it, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, I grew up in Fresno, California. I had, um, a lot of Mexican friends. So mariachi music was around right. regularly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's familiar for me. It's fun. It's, it's cultural. It's, it's all of those things. Um, so for me, you know, and I can see how in different, uh, industries and in different environments, it would be taken differently. So, You know, like in the situation where the mariachi music was being played, how much of that was your perception of, you know, you just... Maybe they were asking those questions because they didn't understand it. They didn't know. They don't understand it. They're trying to understand. Because for me, what I feel like... You have people who are just assholes. Yeah. Arrogant, self-righteous, pretentious, have no desire to to kind of understand what's happening on the other side and they don't want to accept any response. They don't want to acknowledge their own privilege at all. And then you have people who who don't get it and who don't understand it and who are in good intentions trying to learn it. So they do ask these questions, right? And then there's also the part of, and this is a total other conversation, but I'll just say it, is that why is it my job? (laughs) <laughs> right to answer yeah. these questions but at the same time it's like this is what this podcast is for so if you listeners are out there <laughs>
0: right yeah, just direct is-
1: them to us and let them ask us questions we'll answer on here <laughs> right exactly
0: because so, to your point and i like what you brought up because sometimes I, I think with the example i was bringing up and i think what i was getting at and some listeners will be able to relate to it is sometimes we we don't want to be the first. We don't want to be the person that, that suffers a con- consequence. We don't want to be the person that's talked about behind closed doors right. to upper management and whatever. But like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, that, that, that guy is all right. But you, do you know that he, he and his cousins, they go out and they do. You know they party late night on Saturdays and Sundays at some club where they play all hip hop and you know I just kind of wonder about the type of music and yet you know, like you, people still have those types of conversations right especially when you think about the dem- demographic and could be even the age group right of the folks that are that are in leadership positions right their judgments of what you listen to their judgments mm-hmm. of what you like those things all play a part in their perception of you and ultimately how they see you as being groomed or ready for positions of leadership, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I just want to say something real quick Mm -hmm. to that point. Please don't forget your spot. Mm -hmm. But as you were saying that, I was thinking my thought process went to, um, I'm pretty sure that they're not thinking that deeply into it. However, I think what you're bringing up is a great point because... It, this is where unconscious bias comes in. 100%. It might not be their full thought train of how they're dwelling on, you know, oh, Ali does this, A, B, and C. It may not... It's more like, it's just that automatic judgment.
0: It's the automatic judgment. It's that judge, automatic, it's automatic of what does
1: judgment. that mean when a bunch of black men are going out to a hip-hop club? Right. What does that look what is like? The, what does that exactly. look like? the perception. Because yeah. for me,
0: what I do is, I'm at home... And I go out with my wife or my family, and we go listen to honky tonk. We go listen to rock and roll, mm-hmm. and that's that gives me a different. Now, yeah. even for me as a black man, that's a whole different thing for me, right? right? I, I'm I'm thinking about what I've seen or what I've heard. I'm it like, I don't know a- about that, right? Exactly. Like, so, like, mm. right I don't know. I don't know if I would do that, but it. it and that and that's what I'm getting at is is when you start to layer a thought process it's not it's the knee-jerk reaction it's the thoughts that come with it how is it unfortunately we as humans it's just behavior how is this person most like me Mm -hmm. and that's the person i like the most yeah yeah. how is this person unlike me that is the person i dislike or the reasons that i dislike right and and so i I think that's an important thing to clue on Mm -hmm. clue in on it's not that i expect someone to overtly say oh I hate hip-hop, I hate you, I hate your friend. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the subtle things that go on when you're in the workplace. Mm-hmm. The subtle things that go into thinking about promotions, mm-hmm. thinking about advancement, right. thinking about succession plans, those sorts of things. Those
1: friendships that you build. It's the friendships that you build at work. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and, we've I mean, all, and we've all seen that, right? Every- I, These every two people job are
1: I've ever had. Friends.
0: They're the best things. friends. And that person's on the fast track. Yeah. And if you notice, what is the relationship between that person and their boss? And, of course, some people, they just fake it till they make it, right? They're yeah. just like, hey, I'll, I'll say whatever, do whatever, get involved in whatever, as long as I can align myself here. Yeah. And I just honestly just don't have the person. Then that, on my
1: personal time, will do whatever. Yeah, I'll do whatever, right. right? Yeah. Um
0: So I, I think, so back to your point, though, when we talk about what to do, mm-hmm. it, it is the time to represent yourself. It is the time to be who you are. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is the obvious and the not so obvious, right? The obvious is is speaking up and sharing and that sort of thing. The not so obvious is using it as a moment or a time to educate, Mm -hmm. right? To Mm -hmm. say, this is what I do. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And here are the reasons why. And like you said, which is a different conversation of, why do I have to be the yeah. one to justify and explain? We don't move forward without it, yeah. Right,
1: exactly. We don't, and I think that's why um, employee resource groups and engineering networking groups are so critical for organizations. Is because if I know that I have a group of people who understand me mm-hmm. and that I'm not alone it empowers me just a little bit more to be able to confidently have those conversations and to know that I have pipelines directly to executives who stand with me it it helps facilitate much more effective conversations. So from the individual perspective, it's really own your dialogue, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: own your reactions Mm -hmm. and, own how you present and represent yourself and your community mm-hmm. at work, because it really does make a difference, you know, we, we get, it's it's easy to get overwhelmed with everything that's going on out in the world, but the best way to make a difference is in your world, in your communities, at right. work at your um, social gatherings, at Mm -hmm. with your friends, with your family, with your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the best ways to start those ripple effects. Because if if at least 10 people in the community are having these types of conversations, it just expands. Like, you know, even I look at my dad. My dad was very, um, very prejudiced. Against everyone, really. and I may <laughs> have right. mentioned this before. No one's
0: excluded. No
1: one is excluded. He's an equal opportunity <laughs> critic. Um, he's just a very critical person in general. And um, because he didn't have a lot of exposure to real intimate relationships with people outside of our community, um, you know, I had to have a lot of conversations with him about what what the african-american diaspora it was what is their Mm. story what about the latino community what is Mm. their story what is their background what are their challenges and i can honestly say it's made a huge huge difference and and that's kind of where it starts is when we have these conversations now if you're a leader listening to this um podcast one of the things that i highly recommend people that i know that are in leadership positions is Really, it's really simple. Listen. Yes. Listen to the people around you, and listen to everyone. When you're in a meeting, listen to the people who are speaking. Listen to who it's coming from, and try to and take an interest to try to understand. So, for example, um, if you see that you know you went to Ali and asked how his weekend was, and he's just like. Is fine, <laughs> and you want to dig more. So, if I want to know more about Ali, and I'm someone that you may just not trust because of you know history and your you know your biases against mm-hmm. leadership or white men or whoever it may be, whoever the leader is, what is the best way for me to reach out to you or for that leader to reach out to you and to connect with you?
0: So, I, I would say this, and I've and I've had um some good and bad examples mm-hmm. and the good examples and I've had good examples of cockade I've had a, a great white boss mm-hmm. right um, and I've had bad black bosses and you know it, it, it runs the gamut but what I find is is honesty or truth through action mm-hmm. if someone can look at you and say that person is fair in how they lead their instruction to those below, b- beneath them, right? Their direct reports, right? Mm-hmm. How they engage and interact. Mm-hmm. Are they aware of their own macro and micro inequities? Do I treat everyone the same way? When it comes to review time, am I nitpicking one person and glorifying someone else mm-hmm. for doing half as much work? Mm-hmm. People want to know that Trust, so there's two ways of thinking about this. Some people are, some people say, well, trust is automatically given. But in some Mm -hmm. communities, trust is earned. Yeah. You don't walk in and into a room and say, oh, I trust this person just because of how they look and they say they're a doctor, so they must be. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not the case. Trust is an earned thing. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about here from a cultural aspect is that trustworthiness. The history may not be great. Mm -hmm. but the future can be a lot better. But you have to understand what are the mechanisms for us to get there? Trust is a huge part of it. I want to see, to your point, that you take an interest in my ideas and the things that I bring to the table Mm -hmm. as much as you do with anyone else, right? I want to know that when I provide feedback, upward feedback, right? You take my upward feedback seriously and say, hey, here are some things that I can do differently as a leader to, to make sure that, Um, my direct reports feel as though they're engaged, Mm -hmm. feel as though they're in it. Cause it's not about asking for the weekend, asking about the weekend. I go to work to earn a living, right? Yep. So I get it. Some people are much more like, Oh, I did this and I did that. And then Mm -hmm. I made, you know, picnic baskets and Santa Claus came over and we had tea and crumpets. (laughs) I get that. Some people, some people, I know I can be ridiculous. Some people. Some people are like, hey, I come to work to do my job, mm-hmm. do my eight, and I'm going. Leave me alone. Yeah. That person, right? Because that's the core of it for, for, for most people as far as earning a paycheck. Yeah. But for that person, too, don't ostracize that person for that. Understand as a leader, your job is to turn over what? A product, right? You have a leader that you need to respond to. You have mm-hmm. a leader that you mm-hmm. answer to, right? So your group needs to function as a cohesive unit. Absolutely. And the different personalities and the different cultures in your group you need to understand so the person that's not going to talk to you in detail about what happened over the weekend they feel acknowledged when their ideas are heard when they're listened to in the workplace when they're when they're when their suggestions for the way that a group should move or a great group should function those things are taken into consideration and it's not the other person just because they'll talk you to death about what they did last weekend and and building that sort of trust and engagement on a professional level, because that's what we're supposed to be first, we're at work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Building that on a professional level gives me a lot more hope and a lot more freedom to say, hey, you know what? This is a good boss, Okay. right? I feel more comfortable being open with how I am maybe outside of work a little bit more okay. because you've shown me from a professional level because you are a professional mm-hmm. and a leader, Mm-hmm that you know how to engage your team and just because someone is not as socially engaged, that does not impact your perception of them. Got it. Right, and so so we, it goes back to what we talked about about the friendship thing. Mm-hmm. But the friendship is built upon commonalities.
1: Yeah.
0: What do we do, what do we like together versus, or how does this person respond versus someone else? Right. And you start to unconsciously build this divide mm-hmm. between two different people. But it's like, that's not really what you should do as a leader, right? right. You're there to lead a group of people that have a different background, different understanding, different perceptions, different views on life. Yeah. But your primary job is to lead a team of people to turn over a result.
1: Right. And I think as the world is and the workforce is becoming more and more diverse, this is something that leaders just don't know to do. Mm. I don't know I don't necessarily think that it's intentional. However, I also don't see as much dialogue around it and a lot as much, you know, reflection around it as there should be. I still think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to inform leaders that, hey, this is what's happening. right? And if you really want to have an effective team, if you really want the engagement of all your people, you need to take that time and reflect on yourself and see how you are impacting other people's ability to show up and give a hundred percent.
0: And I get that. I get that it's difficult, right? Because we talk about metrics at work a lot, right? We talk about, you know, I mean, this, (laughs) I mean, this metric, this metric, and there's a lot of pressure on the metric piece of it. But unfortunately, or fortunately we are human. So we see the professional metrics and that's our one judgment of the engagement of my team and then the other piece of it is well who do I get along with the most and have the most fun with. Right. Right. And and that sometimes those things sort of seep together sometimes. Yeah. And from a professional standpoint technically they really should. You want people they shouldn't. But you, there's you something to that, be that said together.
1: about having when you have good chemistry with somebody work no longer seems like work. It seems like play. And you end up being more productive. Because I know I've been to meetings with people who are not that great, but we have great energy and great chemistry. So in less time, we can come up with a good result. But I've been in meetings with people who are super smart, super great, but it's so painful to just be in a meeting with them that it's just like, I know you're brilliant, but oh my God, this is brutal. (laughs) Right? So it does... You know, I I, I don't want to be so you know uh, optimistic and idealistic to say that you know it's it, it's going to happen. That yeah, I you know people are going to just go based off of the work. It, it's not we're human beings, hmm. so I think it's important for everyone listening to realize that there is an aspect of it that you own, right? right? So you are responsible. For the relationships that you build, you are responsible to how you land. So for example, if I am trying to connect with you, so you were talking about people who don't share, I'm, I'm a sharer. I really, I, I, I don't need to trust you to share with anything because I don't feel like it, it, you're going to, I don't feel like you have that type of influence. Correct. And I, I think that a lot of that, um, comes to, to my faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I believe that God is my protector. So there's nothing you can do. Right. There's nothing you can do because God's going to protect me. So I I don't have to worry about you stabbing me behind the back because if you do, that's between you and God. The karma is going to, that karma is coming on you. So I, I don't have to worry about it. So that's kind of, for me, it's like I share freely because I don't care. Like I, right. you know, um, but the thing on the counter of that, if someone doesn't share with me, I don't trust them. <laughs> isn't that interesting
0: it, it, well here's something i don't I don't disagree with that mm-hmm. but the question becomes if this is not if this is not a social environment
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're here to get something done, and I don't necessarily know you that well, mm-hmm. when you talk about owning? your relationships and owning your dialogue and owning your culture and owning your feelings, that should also be something to own. I should own that just because someone is not telling me in detail about their hobbies and their loves and all these other things or I see them interact with someone else Mm -hmm. that they may may have more in common with Mm -hmm. and that interaction looks like a whole lot of fun but when I approach that person it's very kind of straightforward Um, to your point we are human and we take that Mm -hmm. From a career aspect, from a leader aspect, from an employee aspect, self-awareness is important, right? We need to be aware of how we are, how we are taking or how we are receiving the action of others. Am I disrespectful to you or do I just say, oh, I just kind of hung out at home? Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, the picture you know Snoop Dogg in the hallway at a hotel party and all the lights and stuff are going on. Me and my friends exchange this meeting periodically, but whatever. Long story. Uh, this, <laughs> I that here, here's story a story might be a whole podcast episode on I
1: mean, its own. Oh, like,
0: this is what I said, but this is what really happened that week. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it is. It is. I, I like what you brought up, and I like what you're saying because it is a it is a huge struggle. It's a grand struggle between. What do I give of myself mm-hmm. at work with people that I don't really know outside of work? I don't know their intentions and their goals. We've all, we've all worked for people that were jerks. We've all worked for people that were good bosses. Mm-hmm. We've, all, we, we've all worked for people that picked favorites. Yeah. No matter how hard you tried, no matter how good you were.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We also know people that focus solely on work. But this is really to say, if we are going to culturally evolve Mm -hmm. at work, I have to be prepared that, like you said, oh, my faith has me, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But for someone else who's experienced the opposite, they're like, well, faith or not, that cost me some money in this promotion. (laughs) 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 So-and-so being their favorite. And it's really to remind all of us, and also to remind myself that everyone is not always out to get you. Yeah. And opening up may be something that can be beneficial mm-hmm. it's it's how you do it it's owning it's owning your culture and owning who you are and i think i think one thing that that's interesting that i thought about while you're talking about this is ask the same questions that you're being asked about what you do so if someone's asking you like oh okay you, you said you celebrated a, a uh, Iranian holiday um and you said you know you said you jumped over fire and you, you're not necessarily sure if you want to share that when you feel comfortable you can share that yeah here's what I did. Here's the reason why I did it. Here's Mm -hmm. the historical context of that specific act or that specific, that specific celebration. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about what you did on your weekend. And if they celebrated a holiday or something like that, even if you know, ask them about that background, Mm -hmm. right? Allow them the opportunity or challenge them with, why don't you explain what it is that you do? Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's, the minority group, and I don't mm-hmm. mean minorities, but the minority group yeah. that is looked at as like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But if you turn that and so, they look up, so you you celebrate Christmas, right? tell me about where did that where did that originate from? What's that about? <laughs> right, but did
1: you <don't> know <laughs> that? Loaded way to ask. <laughs> it's like what are, the way you just said it to me. I'm like, what is your intention? Right. Like, what are you trying to get at here? <laughs> what's this, what's this Christmas thing you guys celebrate? What is this um, Christmas thing? It's Christmas thing.
0: Um, but that could be a real thing for someone who's not from here.
1: Yeah. Right? For someone who's not, not here, from, from that could, here. That's a real or thing. Or even like, like you is, could ask like, are you traditional or just, you know, commercial type? Exact, like, exactly. Like, hey, I'm totally a commercial Christmas celebrator. Let,
0: let's have, let's have a conversation about that too. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about your celebrations. Let's have a conversation about yeah. your culture, even though it's popular. Yeah. Right, it may not necessarily be what I do I've had a co-worker ask me before mm-hmm. hey believe St. Patrick's Day's coming up mm-hmm. you celebrating? and it was funny because I kind of looked at him and I was just like my answer was kind of a smart ass answer I was just like yeah it's kind of weird when I was growing up my father didn't really celebrate St. Patrick's Day not really sure why but he just didn't because <laughs> it, it was one of those things like <laughs> 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 because be, right. And I'm like isn't an Irish holiday? But when you're when your culture is dominant, you just the assumption is yeah. Oh, everybody does this. Everybody right. drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day because everybody's
1: Irish question mark. Right? Like <laughs> You know, and it's so funny because I think for and maybe for you it was different. But for me growing up is like even though I knew it was an Irish holiday, like I still wore green. <laughs> <laughs> Right. like I still thought it was Every, fun yeah, like, everybody you know, gets pinched
0: and, and all their that
1: their gold coin chocolate gold coins <laughs> and stuff I mean what's and, wrong but, with that? <laughs>
0: but that's a that's a great time to say and wh- how I should have handled that situation is from a culturally advanced standpoint right it should have been you know more yeah. along the lines of you know I didn't my father's black he's from the south like yeah. that wasn't a thing for him growing up I don't okay. have any Irish in my blood you know if you had noticed maybe, maybe not I don't know but then go into why don't you tell me more about it? Yeah. Why don't you tell, Why don't you explain to me what St. Patrick's Day is? What does it represent? Yeah. What are its origins? How did it make it to the West? Is it traditional? How am I? How has it changed?
1: Involved in this celebration? Like What's, how can I participate? Right. How, how does that even work?
0: Right. And then right yeah. after St. Patty's Day, we roll into the twenty sixth of December. Maybe that person asked me about Kwanzaa. Who knows? Maybe. Right. Like maybe,
1: maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's also, it, it, that brings up a great conversation because I think a lot of these holidays aren't necessarily about the, the origin and the culture, but it's about the spirit behind it. True. Sure. Right. Um, but to get back on topic of, of bridging the cultural gap at work, especially, um, you know, for the employees, it's just really important to be self aware of how you're showing up and how you land to your audience and leaders to do the same thing. But I think the onus is on the leaders to really take that time and get to know your employees one-on-one individuals. Um, I know we talked about this uh, off air earlier about how I've been to meetings and I'm not sure if this is a woman thing or what this is about, but I've been to many meetings. Where, um, I bring up a valid point of of some facts, a solution, and it, it's as if I didn't even say anything. Even though I'm making strong eye contact (laughs) when I say it.
0: Right. Um,
1: speaking clear English. (laughs) Um, it's as if I never said it. And then they come back either in that meeting or two days later with the same solution or idea that I brought up as if, and and they present it to me as if I didn't, I wasn't the one who said it.
0: Yeah. And I want to, and I want to, and that's interesting too for a lot of different reasons. And that's, that's one I definitely think we should develop. We, we should go into more detail uh, in, in, I, cause I think we have an episode coming up uh, that's about, about the role how women are perceived. Right. Yeah. And so we're gonna go into detail on that mm-hmm. in perception because that comes up, that's not only a social thing, but also rolls over into the career aspect of things. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're definitely gonna dive in that more, but I but to your point for now, I think that is a key thing for leaders. And here's a piece that that I want to focus on when it comes to employees, which is be an, be a human ally. Be an ally of the people on your team, mm-hmm. in your group that have great ideas um, and be their representative, be their sponsor. Say, Hey, you know what? Samira had that same idea like mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Cause it shouldn't be on a me to CYA with an email after a meeting right. saying, here's all the things that we talked about. Here's a few, you know, yeah try to sneakily insert my ideas that way so-and-so doesn't get credit yeah. for it, but really saying, hey, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, I was in that meeting, mm-hmm. Samira did mention so-and-so, or be in the meeting and say in that time period, hey, I think that's a great idea, so-and-so, can you write that on the board?
1: Yeah, and even another way of, of, of showing up as an ally in, a, in the middle of a meeting is when People are talking, make sure one person is talking at a time. Yes. And that make sure that one person does not dominate the conversation. And this is very easily done through ground rules at the beginning Absolutely. of a meeting where you establish that everyone needs to be heard. You give everyone an opportunity to have uh, to, to provide feedback. You ask people to be short and respectful and mindful of the time frame. Um, this also it also helps if you have a clear agenda. Yeah. Uh, with with you know we want to have this conversation done by this time. So if for example we have five minutes to wrap up the conversation and uh, Ali hasn't had a chance to speak, but someone is going on and on and on, you can respectfully interrupt and say. You know, can you please wrap up that thought because we only have X amount of time and we still need Ali to to hear what Ali has to say. So those are some ways that you can make sure that everyone is being heard.
0: Um, Parking lot, have your classic parking lot items mm -hmm. in addition to the parking lot. I would, see, I would say even to go as far for leaders, and I know this is not necessarily a common thing, but you'll see it in some groups that do a lot of like software development mm-hmm. where they have post-its on the wall oh, yeah. for where they are, right? Do oh, the yeah. same thing in meeting with, with ideas. Yeah. Let's put post-its up. Let's make sure that the ideas are flushed out yep. and there's a recap whether it's an email, mm-hmm. whether it's a board that stays up on the wall, like if you're you know, doing agile or something like you that, could, you, you post up use all these a things. You
1: dry erase on your windows Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have post
0: And you write down every single idea and in that way that way you're not ostracizing folks whether it's the quiet person or whether it's the person that people say oh they're a little bit different from all Mm -hmm. the rest of us and you make sure that people aren't your employees aren't having to cya themselves yeah or just not get credit for great ideas and you put everything up
1: absolutely and then it's also it's also important to make sure you understand what's happening in the meeting Yeah, because there are times where you're in a meeting especially when i do like consulting type uh Roles at work, or I'm I'm doing some lean coaching, and I don't necessarily know what the ins and outs of a certain group or certain process is, and I'm still learning. But I'm kind of joining the meeting in the middle of the process workshops. Uh, it's important to t- be able to uh, take the time and say, "Hey, can I have? Um, can we just? Can you just restate state that, or can mm-hmm. I just confirm that I'm understanding what you're saying?" Um, and, and if you are in a consulting role, definitely go into the meeting prepared, yeah. <laughs> like do, <your> research, <laughs> right. do any pre-work right. or pre-reading, uh, because you don't want to spend the whole meeting learning what everything is. But yeah. if you are in a meeting and there are things that you don't understand, or if you're, if you're leading the meeting, it's always good after a few minutes, you know, read the room and say, Hey is everyone clear about what we're asking? Is everyone clear what the expectation is? Are there any questions? To give people an opportunity to stay on track with how the meeting goes, because different people process things differently. Right. You have people with hidden disabilities that you don't know about so that you want to kind of give them an opportunity to get caught up or, you know, you could be saying something and I'm, I'm taking it a different direction. Correct. Right. But you kind of want to bring people back on track. And these are all different ways that you can facilitate and participate in a meeting that will help ensure that everyone is included. Yes. Because what is the saying that diversity is being invited to the dance? but inclusion is being asked, asked to to dance. dance.
0: Absolutely. Right. And and lean on lean on your people. Yeah. Right? The it's not, you know, the onus is on the leader to lead, but lean on the expertise of people in the group. There are some people on your on your team that are just naturally good facilitators. Yeah. They just know how to run meetings. It's yeah. not always on you to do it. Yeah, yeah. You and may not true. be good at that when people start bustling around and talking and ideas are being shot across the table left and right. Some leaders kind of clench up a little bit. They don't know what to do, but there's someone on your team that does. There's someone on your team that's a great facilitator. There's someone on your team that's a great scribe that knows how. Yes, (laughs) I always
1: (laughs) need one of those.
0: Right, that knows how to take uh, a, a, you know a group of sentences or a group of ideas and consolidate them down, right? Like if they're listening to me and they need to shorten what I have to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I took a class at Stanford. Uh, It was in their advanced project management program. I don't remember which class it was, but we did this exercise where we all had the different types of personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, We were separated in a group, in different groups around the room. And then we were tasked with like putting a, a, a doing some sort of project I don't remember the specifics but th- the point was that in order to have an effective team you need to have the different types of people with the different types yes. of strengths and different types of skill sets yes if, if I'm a natural leader and I'm a natural facilitator I need I need an analytical person on the team. 100%. I need a numbers person on the team. Yep. I need a technical person on the team. You need a creative I and innovative a, person ex- on the team. Exactly. Yes. You need, in order to have a successful team, you need to have that type of diversity of skills yes. on your team. Um, and so it's, it's great, to, like you said, to lean on them, yep. allow them to do what they're good at and... Acknowledge him for it.
0: Everybody has a role to play. Absolutely. One of my buddies says that to us constantly. When right. we, we go out and have a good time and different people act different ways, like, oh that's so and so. Everybody has a role to play, Everybody right? That's that person. That's and right. and that goes all the way back to what we talked about at the at the top of the hour, which is is understanding the cultural differences that you have around you on your team because that's Mm -hmm. what influences those sorts of people i'm an innovative person but my background is this i'm a technical person Mm -hmm. but my background is that right and the more you understand those things the more you get that that solid working unit and to your point chemistry sometimes is organic Mm -hmm. sometimes it's inorganic sometimes it needs to be developed absolutely sometimes it need it needs to be you know, I'm not the best facilitator. Let me have the person who's the who on my team who's a good facilitator mm-hmm. to start leading this meeting. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's being heard. There's yeah. organization to the meeting. The meeting is not one of those things where you get on your calendar. It's like, damn, we always meet about this every week. I'm so sick and tired and of wasting nowhere. that. We yeah. get nowhere. If you switch it up and if you change the dynamic, you have everyone fulfill their natural roles. Yeah. You can take something that has... Mediocre to no chemistry and change that makeup simply by leaning on people's areas of expertise Mm -hmm. leaning on on their on even their cultural strengths right and bringing that bringing those things together and you 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 end up with success Mm -hmm. and we in any study will tell you the more diverse your team is the more successful it will be diversity of thought diversity of background um those things play a huge role
1: I agree I agree with that, we want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Um, we will be doing a part two of this session, bridging the gap: a guide to cultural engagement, where we'll focus in a little bit more on the social aspect of it, yep. o- outside of the professional, and give you guys some tips on how to help break down barriers with people in your personal lives. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add?
0: No, nope. feel free to reach out to us on our social media. Yes, what's right. our handle?
1: WNS Different and our email different at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us. Thanks for listening.